Okay. Oh, this is not uh, where, where we're at right here. This is Second Chronicles, oh, and it's chapter one, and it's going to basically take off with uh, with King Solomon and King Solomon building this temple. Um, interesting to note, First Chronicles here um, is uh, it's like I mean it's it's a great recap. It even has the genealogies all the way back to Adam. Uh, in there and anyway details and it finally picks up talking about David and then David passes the buck to his son uh, you know excuse me uh, that was first chronicles and then right here at the end uh, in uh, let's see first chronicles let me go back down here to the tail end of this chapter 29 and look at this then King Solomon turned to the entire assembly and said my son Solomon whom God has chosen to be the next king of Israel is still young and inexperienced, and the work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not just another building, it's for the Lord God himself. Uh, but anyway, uh, he goes on and he says, I've got all these precious stones and things like this. And I mean, he, just heading toward uh, 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 this, uh, preparing for this building. I mean, it's amazing. Look at this. There's, uh, look at this, huge sums of gold and silver, foreign currency, 675 tons of bronze, 3,700 tons of iron. Uh, look at this, great amounts of jewelry were deposited at the temple. Now, David didn't steal this from the people. The people had their own. This, this, these were just treasuries that he had. The people were not poor. And that's the whole story. And when you look at, this is First Chronicles, uh, and it's great details, great details. And this is just the first king. Well, he's actually the second one, Saul wound up being a, a loser, okay? Because he went after other gods. But David, look what happens when you decide, you know, I'm just going to serve the Lord. But see, sometimes in our society, we try to say, well, you know, bad things, come on in. Bad things happen to good people, and we miss the basics. This is the basics. The basics is blessing and prosperity and everything. I mean, it is. There's no reason for those angels on the hill at the birth of Jesus to be saying peace and goodwill toward men. Goodwill, good things, praise the Lord. Now look at this. Here's another note. Everyone was excited and happy for this opportunity of service. And King David was moved with deep joy. In other words, all these jewelries and things like this were coming from the people. And David had a vast store of his own that he donated. Praise the Lord. Okay, so in the presence of the whole assembly, David expressed his praise to the Lord. O Lord God of our father Israel, praise your name forever and ever. Yours is the mighty power, the glory, victory, and majesty. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Now, what's all the hee-hawing about? This prosperity, this wonderful blessing. It's not, well, our world has just gone to the dogs, but we're going to praise you anyway. No, if your world has gone to the dogs, begin to praise the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord, and it'll all turn around. Just like I say, reason I reach for my keys, your world can go to pieces when you can't find your car keys. Got an appointment, just begin to ask the Lord for his help. Be smart enough to know that he's on your side. Don't ever think he's not. Well, God's hiding my keys. If it was your best friend and they were doing that to you, what would you think of that best friend? You'd let him have it. Well, God's not doing that to you. He knows where your keys are and he'll help you. So anyway, that's why all this excitement was going on. And he goes on. He just can't stop. Okay. Uh, he goes, notice this. And I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyfully. Boy, we've got that backwards. We're like, oh my goodness. You know, I mean, I'm barely making it. And God wants me to help. 
We shouldn't be barely making it. There should be a flood of prosperity in our lives. And if you read your Bible, you'll go, hey, that's supposed to be me. And you'll figure it out. Matter of fact, you have scriptures in the New Testament, like in 2 Corinthians uh, <clears throat> chapter 8, he goes on and says that uh, he became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. Now, you can say that's spiritual all you want to, but chapters 8 and 9 are talking about finances. It's actually talking about an offering. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so anyway, but we know that. So he says here, give my son Solomon a good heart toward God, so he'll always want to obey you in the smallest detail. And look forward uh, uh, eagerly to finish building your temple, which I've made all these preparations. Anyway, let's see. Uh, oh, and look at this. The next day they brought thousands of young bulls and thousands of rams as burnt offerings to the Lord and offered drink offerings. This was nothing but tailgate. I have never been to an Alabama game, and you like Auburn, doesn't matter. Your favorite game, or whatever, organizational day or whatever, and having a what? A good time. That's what it's about. Praise the Lord. Anyway, they crowned, look at this. Here's what they did. And they look at this. They feasted and they drank. Oh, we're not supposed to think that humans drink water? See, this is how backwards it's been. We like to point the finger and say, that alcohol, that smoking, that this, and that. That's got, the disease, the problem was not worshiping God. Not thinking there is a God. And we can be guilty of that when we think, well, no, God won't help me. And we're just living our lives like we don't think God's around to help us. He is around. They drank before the Lord with great joy. I'll say and again, they crowned King David's son Solomon as their king. They anointed him before the Lord as their leader. And they anointed Zadok as their priest. So God appointed Solomon to take the throne of his father, and he prospered greatly. All Israel obeyed him, the nation's leader, the armies, his brothers. Anyway, they all pledged their allegiance, saying, you're our king, buddy. Okay, now, that puts us right into, uh, well, look at this. This never lets up. The Lord gave him great popularity. He amassed greater wealth and honor than his father. Now, I just want to tell you this. <clears throat> I'm at this new job. Um, trying to get comfortable with the people out there. But I'm reading these things here, and, I, and I'm and especially this next chapter, because uh, Solomon's on his own now. And Solomon's going to pray this prayer. He's going to say, Lord, well, actually, the Lord shows up to him. He'll read this. The Lord shows up to him in a dream, and he says, ask me whatever you want. Whatever you want, and I'll get it to you. And Solomon says, well, my daddy was, knew how to do this, but I don't. Would you please help me? You know, And God says, okay. And he says he gave him greater wisdom than anybody had ever had. And even to this day. But anyway, praise the Lord. But I was reading that and I'm like, I need some help at work. You know, praise God. And i tell you what, the close of the business yesterday, I, I just had these ideas. First off, I solved several key things that had to be solved. And I solved them. And I knew it. I knew it was the Lord. Praise the Lord. But of course, I get the credit for it. You know, because they don't know anything about the Lord. But that's all right. And that's what I asked for. And then I needed to file a report. I, well, I had this idea, you need to send a report to this person who's my boss. That way he would know. And it was just amazing how uh, fantastic that I come up with the wordings and the things to say. It was, it was so, I went back and I read it several times because I thought, praise the Lord, that's exactly what they want. Glory to God. Now, how do you get there? By this. What were they doing? They were just serving the Lord. That's what we're doing. Now, we go right into Second Chronicles. Now, watch what happens here. He's on his own now. He's the undisputed ruler of Israel. Okay, God made him a, a powerful monarch. Anyway, he summoned all the officers and the judges to, let's just say, you know, Atlanta, whatever, Birmingham. They all got together where the old tabernacle was constructed by Moses. Okay, and the ark was, uh, was still there. No, actually, they moved already, but uh, 
But it was at that same place. Anyway, he, he invited all these people together. And what did they do? He sacrificed burnt offerings to the Lord. Now, we don't have to sacrifice burnt offerings anymore because Jesus is our sacrifice. But look what Solomon's doing. He's saying the Lord's the most important thing. The Lord's the most important thing. Now, look what happened. That night, Solomon told him. Now, remember, why do we have the details? Just put your name where Solomon's is. Ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. Jesus has told you that in John chapter 14, verse 10. Ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Solomon replied, oh God, you've been so kind and good to my father David, and now you've given me the kingdom. This is all I want. You have fulfilled your promise to David, my father, and made me king over a nation as full of people as the earth is full of dust. Now give me wisdom and knowledge to rule them properly. For who is able to govern by himself such a great nation as this one? God replied, because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you haven't asked for personal wealth and honor, and you haven't asked me to curse your enemies, and you haven't asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to properly guide my people. Yes, I'm giving you the wisdom and knowledge you asked for. And I'm also giving you, all oh, these are things that will wreck you. See, we've, we're, we're, we're too American. Riches will ruin you. Why? Wow, riches. Reason, reason Dustin doesn't have a million dollars. He's too young. He's not too young. You should, you know how old Solomon is here? He's pretty young. Well, money will ruin you. No, not having God's what ruins you. You know, it's not just what you think God is. It's the God of the Bible. We're talking Jesus here. Wow. He, look what he says. Wealth and honor such as no other king has ever had before you, and there will never again be so great a king in all the world. Wow. Solomon left the tabernacle, went down the hill, went back to Jerusalem, the rule of people. Okay, and then he goes off into something else. Praise the Lord. Now, let's see what happened to this temple. Here we go. About five, six years in, they start the temple, and let's see, I think, yeah, here it is. Watch what happens. Let's see if Solomon's still on the straight and narrow. He is. So the temple was finally finished. Solomon brought in the gifts dedicated to the Lord by his father. Of course, Jesus is poor. You know, that's the reason the soldiers were gambling over Jesus' clothes, because they were dirty and nasty. Oh, they weren't. He must, the Lord must have had like Ray-Bans on. He must have had, I, what do you gamble for those clothes for? If they weren't nice. We already have record that that one cloth that Jesus had on was woven of one. It was just from one piece of material. Anyway. And do you remember the Old Testament, the stories? And actually, in this, in this range, they, yeah, they happen later. In, in the diff, these are the first three kings. And they, they happen so fast. There's stories in these kings where Elisha is. Elisha sees when Elijah, there's two L guys, Eli, Eli, whatever. When Elijah goes up into heaven in a whirlwind, a whirlwind, if you read it in the Living Bible, which you'll see here, Elijah saw this hottest looking chariot in the world. And he screamed out and said, it's the chariots of God. The seminary across the water saw it all too and they were screaming. They were going, whoa, what a hot rod. I mean, it was fancy, fancy. Wow. So anyway, so here's Solomon. He summoned all the leaders of Israel, the heads of the tribes and the clans, for the ceremony of transferring the ark from the tabernacle in the city of David. Now, you see, he's built this wonderful thing. It's like five stories high. No, that's the ark. Uh, it's, it's, it's two stories high. But he's got these two columns in the front that are huge. You know, they're huge. And this was no fairy tale. When you read your Bible, quit listening to people tell you these things are fairy tales. They're not fairy tales. Mm -mm. 
So anyway, he called everybody together for the ceremony, transferring the ark from the city of David, which was just across town, basically. If you've seen pictures of Jerusalem, it's not quite that big. It's new home in the temple. This ceremony celebration took place in October during the Festival of Tabernacles. Now, this was a somber time. No, the Festival of Tabernacles, you know what that was? It was a yearly festival. They were supposed to have this festival. It's not a downer. Oh, we got to go to Jerusalem. It was a happy time, and they built these little temporary homes to remind them of wandering in the desert for 40 years. What would that do? It would remind them, you know what? God took care of us for 40 years. Their shoes didn't even wear out. Praise the Lord. When you start thinking your shoes won't wear out and you get a car, maybe you get a new car and all of a sudden something goes wrong with it and you're like, I just bought this. Don't worry about it. Begin to pray and ask the Lord. could be your washing machine. It could be after you're on retirement and you're thinking, I'm not making all this money anymore. It doesn't matter. Stay focused on the Lord. Tell Him about the problems you got and watch Him take care of them. So anyway, here we go. This festival of the tabernacles was taking place. The Israel... Israel watched the Levites lifted the ark and they carried it to the tabernacle along with the sacred vessels. King Solomon, they, anyway, they offered a bunch of sheep and uh, uh, things like that. Then the priests, they carried the ark into the inner... No, this is interesting. They brought it into uh, uh, the, uh, the inner room. All this in details. The details are laid out beautifully in, uh, in the previous chapter. I've got to bring a point out. Hang on a second. In the first chapter. Ah, hang on, I'm already there. Let's go like this. Get better at this. First Chronicles. Watch this. Okay. So they're getting ready to build this, build this, build this, build this, build this, build this. Here's all his chariots. Oh. Oh, let's see if I passed it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Look at this. During Solomon's reign, silver and gold were as plentiful in Jerusalem as rocks on the road. What? Well, the jeweler, maybe. No, not the jeweler. And if you'll remember your story, when God, remember God was trying to show, nobody knew who God was except Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They learned, Jacob learned basically the hard way. He was scared out of his wits having to go back to his uncle Laban's house, which was across through a, a horrible terrorizing location. And that's where he sees the ladder from heaven coming down. We've been in Sunday school. We hear these stories and we don't, sometimes we don't get the details. We didn't realize that J, Jacob was scared for his life. He saw that angel, angels coming and going. And when he woke up, he goes, Whoa, I'm in God's house. And God says, I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to die. You're going to stay over here for a while, and I'm going to take you safely back to where your brother is. Who was his brother? Jacob and Esau. Esau at the time wanted to kill him. You know. <laughs> but anyways, I'm going to bring you safely back to your brother. You're going to be okay. And Jacob says, you know what, God? If you're going to do that, if you'll keep me safe, and if you'll bless me, then I'll give you 10%. Of everything I get. And God said, okay. So he didn't know anything about the Lord, but he learned. And then as he went, he had made that promise to the Lord. God kept his promise. And he brushed Jacob's pants off. Constantly. Well, anyway, so the Israelites finally, uh, they wind up in slavery 500 years later. Whatever. And uh, anyway, great Moses comes along. And Moses is trying to tell the people about Jehovah. They don't know who Jehovah is. Jehu? Who? Who is he? We like it in Egypt. We're just going to stay here and be slaves. Well, God showed out with all those miracles. 
The Nile turned to blood. All the frogs, all the locusts, the darkness. Remember, it didn't touch you and I. We were in the land of Goshen and we were still all right. Lights were on. Over there is pitch black. Over here we're fine. Our water was crystal clear. Their water was blood. There must be a God. Yeah. And God, when He brought the Israelites out, they were loaded with gold. The Bible says they spoiled the Israelites. And they had on the nicest clothes too. You can see the Scriptures. So anyway, no wonder it's as plenteous, you know, as rocks on the side of the road. Okay, so here we go. So now they're going to dedicate this temple. All right, the temple's built. Look what happens. So anyway, he's offering some... uh, uh, He's offering some sheep and whatever in the presence of the ark. Then the priest carried the ark into the inner room of the temple, the holies of holies. Now, this is interesting. They placed it between the angels' wings in chapters 4, 5, and 6, whatever. They described these wings. It tells you how far apart they were. That room was like 30 feet wide, and these wings were out like this, stretched from one end to the other. The ark was in here in between, and this angel over here. But the important thing is that, oh, these are just little figurines. They're fake. They're not fake. There's angels encamped about you and I. Praise the Lord. Matter of fact, in the same chapter, you can read this. Just, it's not much detail. It's details, but it doesn't take much to read. It's not long. They had a curtain. Can you hear about this? When the curtain was ripped, when Jesus died on the cross. Okay, that curtain is adorned. Solomon had sewed in pictures. And what was the pictures on it? Angels. Praise the Lord. So the people, when they came to the temple and they couldn't see behind that and see the ark, they could see angels on that thing. You know, we need to pay attention to realize, you know, praise God, the angels are encamped about you and I. So many places we find in the scriptures. But anyway, that was a description of that. So anyway, the ark is still there, he said. Nothing was in the ark except for the two stone tablets that Moses put there at Mount Horeb when the Lord made covenant with the people of Israel while they were leaving Egypt. When the priests had undergone the purification rites, in other words, they just, they just went through a little ritual getting themselves ready. The Levites were praising the Lord uh, as the priests came out of the holies of holies. The singers were, and here's all the singers. Look at all the nice stuff. This is the reason, you know, historically, we would, uh, people would dress up for church and stuff. You don't have to outdo yourself, but that's the thing. It's a happy time. It's a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. Now look at this. And here's Myrna. She's one of the 120 playing a trumpet. Praise the Lord. Dustin too, while others played the cymbals and the lyres and the harp, the band and the chorus united in one praise to thank the Lord. Well, I ain't got anything to thank him about. Yeah, you do. When we're properly taught about the Lord and what he'll, you can't be quiet enough. It's fantastic. Come on in, brother. So anyway, loud cymbals and their, and their theme was, our God's no good. No, he is good. His loving kindness lasts forever. Praise the Lord. Anyway, at that moment, whoa, something happened. The glory of God coming in as a bright cloud. It filled the temple, you know, so that the priests couldn't continue their work. Remember, there were no, there were no chapters. It's just all one big document here. Then this prayer was prayed by Solomon on that occasion. The Lord said he would live in the thick darkness, but I've made a temple for you, O Lord, to live in forever. The king turned around and the people stood to receive a blessing. Now, these were people from all over all lands that came. They knew about this ceremony. They showed up. And they're standing there. And so Solomon says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, the God who talked personally to my father David and has now fulfilled the promise he made to him, for he told him, I have never before since bringing my own people from the land of Egypt, chosen a city anywhere in Israel as the location of my temple. 
where my name will be glorified. And never before have I chosen the king for my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem's where I'm going to stay. Now there was a reason he didn't choose where he wanted to stay because there's other scriptures that tell us that God's, when God told David, don't build me a temple. The people haven't had a place to stay and I ain't had a place to stay either. And the people are first. He said, I am among the people. That's the reason he said, don't build me a, tab- a temple. Just keep the tabernacle. Have it move around with the people. You'll carry that thing around everywhere they go. But now they've come into their nation. All right, so anyway, uh, I've got a chosen city where in Israel it has the location of my temple where my name will be glorified. And never before have I chosen the king. Okay, but now I've chosen Jerusalem. Okay. And David is the king. And he goes on and he says, But my father wanted to build a temple, but the Lord said not to. It was a good to have the desire, the Lord told him, but it was not uh, the one to build. No, he was not the one to build it. His son was chosen for that task. And now the Lord has done what he promised. And now I'm king in my father's place and I've built this temple. For the name of the Lord God of Israel, place the ark there and the ark of the covenant between the Lord and his people. Interesting. Don't forget it's a covenant. God has a covenant between you and I. As he spoke, Solomon was standing before the people and he's got a platform. Okay. Anyway, then he turns. Watch this. And now the people watched. He knelt down and raised his arms toward heaven. And he prayed a prayer. Now let's watch what's in this prayer. Now at the same time, I want to remind you that Jesus cleaned out the temple one day, didn't he? He took a whip and he overturned the money table. He cleaned that place out. And he said, my house shall be called a what? A house of prayer. It's not a house of, oh my gosh, he's so holy. And I guess he don't want anything to do with me. No, it's a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer. Watch this. Oh Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you in all of heaven. You are the God who keeps His kind promises to all those who obey you and are anxious to do your will. He didn't say those who are perfect, okay? We all sin, okay? And you've kept your promise to my father David. In other words, he's saying, you made me the king. But that's not all. Look what else he says. And now, O Lord God of Israel, carry out your further promise to him that your descendants will always reign in Israel if they will obey my laws as you have. Yes, Lord God of Israel, please fulfill this promise too. <clears throat> but will God really live on the earth with men? Why even the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you? How much less this temple? I mean, I only built it so high. <clears throat> okay. Listen to my prayer that I'm praying to you now. Look down with favor day and night upon this temple. Now, what's going on here? Let's look. Hmm. Where you have said that you would put your name. May you always... This is getting good. May you always hear and answer the prayers I pray to you as I face toward this place. Woo. Listen to my prayers and to those, here we are, of your people Israel, when they, in other words, this is where all that stuff came in. The Muslims kind of took over their little thing. They copied this. Well, we pray toward Mecca. Well, we pray toward Jesus. You know, it's the same thing, except it's better. Theirs is based on lousy, lousy, lousy unbelief. But ours isn't. Oh, he says, yes, hear us from heaven. When you hear, forgive. I mean, sometimes we think, you know, well, he, he, not only will he hear, but he'll forgive too. Praise the Lord. And he says, when someone commits a crime as required to swear to his innocence before this altar, then hear from heaven and punish him if he's lying or else, declares, or else declare him innocent. I mean, do you see that no weapon formed against you prosper? Well, he's lying about me. He's lying. I didn't do that. He's lying. And you're, you're in the right. Guess what? You're going to get exonerated. You're going to be fine. 
If your people Israel are destroyed before their enemies, now notice this, because they have sinned against you, and if they've turned if they turn to you and call themselves your people and pray to you here in this temple, then listen to them from heaven and forgive their sins and give them back this land. Now, what he's talking about the sin there is going after other gods. Because like I say, we always blow it. Look at this. When the skies are shut up and there is no rain, well, ain't nothing you can do about the weather. Yeah, you can. It's, we are so not listening to the Bible when we think, I hear the tornado sirens. Man, I hope it's not my house. You have a shield. Well, I hope my kids are going to be all right. We dodged another one. You're always going to dodge another one. Watch this. When the skies are shut up, there's no rain because of our sins. And then we pray toward this temple and claim you as our God. And turn from our sins because you've punished us. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sins of your people and teach them what is right. Send rain upon this land that you have given your people as their own property. Again, remember the sins are related to going after other gods. Anyway, if there's famine in the land, plagues, crop disease, or attacks from locusts, caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging our cities, whatever the trouble is, listen, look at this, to every individual's prayer concerning his private sorrow. What's bugging you today? Listen to every individual's prayer concerning his private sorrows as well as the public prayers. See, today we think, well, I don't, I, Lord, you, you're, you've got greater fish to fry. You know, there's people in Africa that are starving. You know, what's that got to do with, I'll just find my car keys on my own. Baloney, you will. Somebody will come along and tell you the Zodiac will help you. And you'll go, Will? Yeah, yeah, the Zodiac will help you, or this will help you, and you'll forget about how great your God is. But we're not going to do that, because we know He'll help us, praise the Lord. Whatever the trouble is, hear from heaven, wherever you live, and forgive, and give to each one whatever he deserves, for you know the hearts of all mankind. Then they will reverence you forever, and will continually, oh, this is about the end of this one, walk before you. Now look at this. Now, here's the people that are not even Jews. Well, what about that? When the foreigners hear of your power and come from distant lands to worship your great name and they pray toward this temple, hear them from heaven where you live and do what they request of you. Now, that's going too far. Oh, really? Again, Jesus says, this time I'll use... John 16, 23 and 24. He said, Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask and it be given you. Matthew 7, 7. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Look at this one. Oh no, we're going to battle. If, if your people go out at your command to fight against their enemies and they pray toward this city of Jerusalem that you've chosen and this temple that I have built for your name, Hear their prayers from heaven and give them, well, win some, lose some. No, give them success. I tell you, our nation would not have made it if we had prayed. Well, if it's the Lord's will for Hitler to win, fine. If not, that's not the way we prayed in World War II. Buddy, I tell you what, even when our astronauts were blown in Apollo 13 and heading toward nowhere in a capsule that probably was not going to sustain them, they were not, well, you know. If it's the Lord's will. No. They were praying, get those astronauts back. We're not silly. If things are broke, you figure out, I need that fixed. So ask the Lord to fix things that are broke. 
Anyway, hear their prayers from heaven and give them success. And he says, if they sin against you, and who has never sinned, and you become angry with them, and you let their enemies defeat them and take them away as captives to some foreign nation uh, far away. Now this is when, buddy, this happened. They were worshiping other gods. They were taking their kids, throwing them to the devil. Whatever. But anyway, when they finally wake up and they face toward this land, and you, as you gave, you gave their fathers, and this city, and your temple that I built, and they plead with you with all their hearts uh, to forgive them, then hear from heaven where you live and help them and forgive your people who've sinned against you. Oh, yes, my God, be wide awake and attentive. Look at this. To all the prayers made to you in this place. And remember, Jesus said, this house shall be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. Oh, now, Lord God, arise from enter into this resting place where the ark of your strength is. Let your priest, whatever, and then they were clothed with salvation. Okay. Now, let's see what happens here. All right. As Solomon, look at this. I mean, we're not talking about a funny book here. This is not the first time this has happened. Elijah and the prophets of Baal. About, I think it was probably 300 years after this. Oh, man. His grandson, I want to call him great, 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 great grandson. Wasn't, trying to think of some king's names. Oh, wasn't Manasseh, it was Manasseh's daddy's, daddy's daddy, whatever. Anyway, he was a loser. He stuck in this glorious temple. He had idols in there, other gods. He was, his wife's name was Jezebel and all her prophets of Baal. And Elijah walks out there and says, Now listen, you sure have made, you've wrecked this kingdom. You've wrecked this glorious place. You have wars left and right. And see, there's no wars here because everybody's serving God. Anyway, Elijah said, Okay, tell you what, you set up your offering over there, put all your bowls and stuff right there, and, and you just pray and ask the Lord, I mean, ask your God to come burn up the offerings, and we'll just see whose God is God. Well, you've heard this story before. Well, anyway, they cut themselves and. Elijah was making fun of him. He says, well, maybe your God's on the toilet. That's what the scripture says. I mean, he was really hounding him. And then Elijah has, wouldn't you be scared to try to put God on the line? We don't have to be scared to put God on the line. God is there to help us. After they were done cutting themselves, he said, hey, you guys help me out over here. Throw some water on mine. I mean, get it so wet, there ain't no way it'll light up. And they did. They doused it with water. And then he turned around and he said, now let God be God. And all of a sudden, fire from heaven burned up the place. I mean, these things are not wild. Jesus ascended into heaven. A voice came out of heaven. Jesus was raised from the dead. So this, we didn't jump over into fairy tale here. This, this is real. So watch what happened. As Solomon finished praying, remember, he's like this. Oh God, oh God, all of a sudden, kaboom, behind him. Fire flashed down from heaven, burned up the sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the temple so the priests couldn't enter. All the people that had been watching, they fell flat on the pavement and worshipped and thanked the Lord. I mean, this is just like what happened in Egypt. All those magnificent miracles that took place. And then they're walking through the dry ground, the walls of the water on both sides. And so they said, he's good, they claimed. He's always loving and kind. Then the king and all the people dedicated the temple by sacrificing on Here's what they did. Now, God's going to speak up here. Watch what he does. And, of course, they're singing. Let's see what happens here. One night, the Lord appeared to Solomon. I've heard your prayer and chosen this temple as the place I want to sacrifice 
you to sacrifice to me. He said, if I shut up the heavens and there's no rain, if, there, if I command the locusts and swarms to eat up your crops, or if I send an epidemic, if my people, here it is, will humble themselves and pray, notice he'll stop it and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sins. Now I want you to realize that this is all hinged upon other gods. It's not because, well, you know, I blew it. I just, I mean, I guess that's the reason I'm having poor luck this week. You shouldn't be having poor luck. Look at 15. I will listen wide awake to every prayer made in this place. Now that's you and me. That touches you and me. That's us. For I have chosen this temple. Now think a minute. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians and he says, Know ye not, know ye not, remember, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. Let me show you this little bit about sin because sometimes we get to thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it just means if I make one mistake. Nope. As for yourself, if you follow me as David did, then I will see to it that your descendants will always be kings of Israel. But if you do not follow me, if you refuse the laws I've given you and worship idols. And he says, I'll destroy my people in this land. And notice what he says. Instead of being famous, all who pass will be incredulous. And they'll say, why has the Lord done such terrible things to this land and this temple, they will ask. And the answer will be, why? Well, you just blew it one time. No, that wasn't it. Because the people abandoned the Lord God of their fathers. Well, we're not going to do that. We're fixing to have Christmas. You know, we ought to be happy about Christmas, even though it's, we say it's commercialized. Well, don't worry about that. Well, that's a, that is a total benefit for our nation. I mean, I know they're trying to stuff it out and say happy holidays. But it's Christmas no matter what you look at. It is. Praise God. It's on our side. Hallelujah. And we've not denied the Lord. And all this blessing and prosperity belongs to us. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of us. Praise God. Make us well. Hallelujah. Same thing's true financially. And even if we're facing any problem or whatsoever, whatever our trouble may be, like Solomon's prayer was, each individual one of you will get us out of that trouble. You promised. And we just thank you for it. That didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell other people how great you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay.